say we did it it's tuesday hot as you know what out there so we're going a little early we're popping a truly and we're welcoming in everybody to riley's cantina a more intimate show this week as we get right to the news we get right to the posters we get right to the fun of this here movie show. Welcome, everybody. I am Mark Riley, your host for Riley's Cantina here on the Good People Association, the GPA. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Let's do a little bit of housekeeping. What do we say? We always start with that. Uh, go to the GPA.fun. That's our website. Yep, it's dot .fun. You can get the merch. We got new merch. We got new shirts, Ikaika. By the way, hi, Ikaika. We did. How are you over there? <laughs> I'm a floating head. Ikaika, uh wearing the Oakland A's green. You can do that. Uh, and so he's in front of the uh, green screen right now, absolutely disappearing. But you're actually now uh, Morbius, the uh, living vampire. Is that what you are? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll slowly change into it. Just... Yeah, that works. That definitely, definitely works. And we're going to get to that because we have a, uh, a brand new director for Blade. So Blade is officially coming to the MCU. We knew that was happening, but it's now real serious. We'll get to that news. But uh, more on that, uh, do we have the images for the shirts, Ikaika, by any chance? So we have some new shirts, some new stuff available at the merch store. You can go to the gpa.fun. Look at that. We got the Trojan colors. Find the good. We have unisex t-shirts. Be good people, be good people, the hoodie, the positivity report, all at the GPA.fun. Go snoop around. You can get the uh, merchandise there and join our membership program. You pay one time for a year. You get all the good, fun stuff that we do. A peek behind the curtain, all the good stuff happening here at the GPA. We do uh, monthly hangs. You get newsletters. You get uh, access to uh, early merch and tickets. And we are definitely doing some live shows coming up in August and September. More on that later. Go to the GPA.fun and check it out. Tell us how we're doing. Also, streamlabs.com slash goodpeoplegpa. If you have some questions you want to get involved with the show later today, uh, feel free to do so. Of course, uh, Super Chats are always welcome. They help keep the lights on. You have no idea how much it helps us keep the lights on here, keep this running smooth for all of you. We appreciate all the help and all the love that you guys uh, give for us every single day. Remember to comment, like, subscribe. All that good stuff helps the algorithm. The algorithm, the YouTube algorithm... It's kind of like Thanos. It's like we, we, we don't know the purpose yet, and uh, he could, they could very well snap their fingers, YouTube, and uh, the video could just disappear, you know, and become ash. So if you subscribe, you hit the bell, you hit the like, you comment, helps everything move along. Remember, we do have a Twitch.tv account as well. We go live on Twitch every once in a while. We're playing more games. We have some more fun stuff available to you guys that we're going to be doing on Twitch, twitch.tv slash goodpeoplegpa. Remember to sub over there. And all of our social media handles, go follow us at goodpeoplegpa across the board. And, of course, all our folks here, you know who we are. Remember to just promote the other shows is what this says. So I'm putting it out there to you. Promote us. Send it all to your friends. Tell everybody about the GPA. If you like what we're doing here every day, well, tell people about it. Maybe we'll spread the word. We'll get the algorithm going, and we're going to have some fun in the next couple months. And I can't wait. Live shows all across the board. I'm really excited. Ikaika, though, before we go into the news, before we go into everything, how the hell are you, man? How are the Oakland A's? 
I'm a lot better now. Um, I was stressed this morning just with the whole voting with the Oakland Council. They voted yes, so now it's in the A's hands, which I'm still not that excited about because I know the owners just want to leave. So whatever. But besides that, I'm excited to talk some pop culture stuff with you. Yeah, we're going to talk some pop culture stuff. And let's just get right to it then. Everybody out there, if you go to streamlabs.com, as I said, streamlabs.com slash goodpeoplegpa, super chats. Uh, This show in particular, Emma Fife was supposed to be here, uh, but she got a scheduling snafu. Uh, She's going to come back real soon. So this is why we're going to focus here. And it's on you guys. I want to know. There is so much news out there now. I'm putting it to the good people out there watching these good people, is that the way it goes? The, you good people watching these good people, math checks out. But I want to know what you think, because we finally do have some news on the Blade front here. And uh, Mogul Mowgli, the Helmer Bossum Tarek, uh, not familiar with this gentleman, not familiar with the movie, but he has been tapped to be Blade's director. Uh, this is from Deadline. Uh, one of our friends over there, um, Justin Kroll, who uh, moved from Variety over to Deadline now, just dropping hot scoops left and right. And this is a big one. Mahershala Ali is set to play Blade. And it's been a while since we've heard anything about the actual movie itself. Now, we know that we have tons of movies in the MCU coming to us. We already have Black Widow. We have Spider-Man Far From Home. Or I keep doing this, Akaika. No Way Home. Yes. Hey, didn't need my help this time. I didn't need your help. Uh, the Eternals, Spider-Man, No Way Home. What else is coming? Uh, Legend of Shang-Chi. Uh, so we're going to be getting some building blocks for the next phase. Multiverse. Loki just got a season two, of course. We know that. Um, spoilers also for Loki. Uh, if anybody's coming in here right now, I do want to talk about Loki. And I want to talk about the MCU is basically what I want to talk about, and I put it out to you guys. How are we getting vampires? Okay? Because we all we do is talk about the mutants. How are we getting the mutants? The other thing we talk about, Fantastic Four. How are we getting Fantastic Four in the uh, MCU? Well, now that we have Blade, whenever there's some big news for an MCU movie, in my opinion, uh, it means there's some movement. It means some stuff is going down, and it means they're getting ready. And so Blade... Now, being with director, that means we're getting, it's warming up. So, we have a multiverse, right? Remember, spoilers, I told you that. There is a multiverse now, as far as we know. Spider-Man, No Way Out, whatever the hell we're calling it, we know will be multiverse, should be. We have Tobey Maguire making winks to fans in, in, in New York City where they're like, are you in Spider-Man 3? And he's like, oh, I can't talk about that. Yeah, he's in Spider-Man 3. Uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That's the other one I can't really figure out. We know we're getting that. Ikaika, I put it to you, but I'm putting it to uh, mostly everybody out there watching along with us right now. And if you're watching on a replay, drop in the comments. I like to jump in there and have a chat with you guys. How are we getting vampires? We can kind of, we can kind of figure out that like Black Widow... Did you hear about this, Ikaika? They just said there, there was an actor that was in one of the prison scenes. Big dude uh, revealed that his character name was an actual mutant, and so he's claiming to be the first mutant in the MCU. Of course he's claiming that. Of course he is. I yeah. would claim it too. I'm the first mutant in the MCU. But it goes to my point, though. It's like we, as geeks, all we talk about is how. We like to speculate. I'm guilty as charged. 
I like to go in deep. And so I put it out to you good people. How the hell are we getting vampires and mutants and Fantastic Four? Kaika, what do you think? How are they going to do it? Are we going to get a crossover with Morbius? Are we going to finally see Sony kind of... Because I feel like Sony is actually a part of this in this MCU, in this multiverse. Easy well, to do, right? Just say it was a multiverse. Venom's over there. I mean, I don't know. What say you? I think vampires probably already in the universe. We just haven't seen them yet. I feel like that's the easiest way to do it. Right. With Morbius, it's interesting because they're like, is are these a part of the MCU? Are they not? And then mm-hmm. in the background, you see like a poster of Spider-Man. It's like Spider-Man 2. Right. Spider-Man suit. So it's like, oh, is that like a game? Is it being meta? Or is this like the really early stages of the multiverse? What's the hell's going on? Yeah, man. That's, I think that's what they're trying to do is confuse everyone, make everyone look crazy with like the the yarn and the tacks on the cork wall. And <laughs> I, 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 we're just going to have to wait and see. Like, I, I, I don't know what's going to be. I hope Morbius is a good movie, too. Yeah. I, I, I really think that all these... Um, Spider-Man villain spinoffs are part of the MCU. Like that was probably the deal. Yeah, I was like, let's if you if we just say it's going to be that, that more fans are going to go see the, these movies. I think we're building towards a Sinister Six. I think we might get an interdimensional Sinister Six, meaning that we could get a, a Electro from Amazing Spider-Man Two. We can get. Isn't that something you were telling me, Ikaika? Too is like the. Uh, were we talking about that? I can't remember, but yeah. this is kind of what I feel. Um. Or maybe that's a, maybe that's some of the speculation. That's it. What it is is some of the speculation that's out there is that if we have Doc Ock, Alfred Molina, we have uh, Electro and Jamie Fox. I've heard nothing but rumors that um, Willem Dafoe is going to be in this thing. Could we be seeing different Spider-Man villains from different verses all coming together to take on? Well, that's one aspect of it. So I suppose, Ikaika, you could then say Morbius the Living Vampire could be a part of a multiverse that is brought into the main MCU. Or, to your point, Ikaika, even more so, they're just there. Vampires have been here, and they've been in the shadows uh, per usual when it comes to any kind of vampire movie. Vampires aren't just walking around. It's usually a, uh, the movie starts, and it's just like, ow, I got bit. Maybe I'm a vampire. Are there vampires? And then it's a vampire. Um that's like the worst breakdown of any vampire movie oh. I've ever, ever, ever seen. Um, it could be like the Spider-Man 3 could just be the greatest hits where he goes real quick to different dimensions and you see Doc Ock and that. Or it could be what we all think and want. Yeah. Interdimensional multiverse. I think, it's, I, six, I think it's interdimensional. I think it's multiverse. I think it's multiverse versus. And I think that, um, you know, it's easy to do in these conversations. Isn't it, everybody, where we... We have a multiverse, so anything can be explained. It's just like, oh, that's how Venom. Oh, that's how Morbius. Oh, that's how Alfred Molina. Oh, that's how WandaVision. Oh, that's how Loki. Like, And I know that the MCU has a bigger picture and more... They know what they're doing. I've enjoyed the hell out of the MCU from day one. Hits and misses. All of them. And this one makes me excited. And what I like about Marvel, and get to the news aspect of this is I like the idea that they're going after somebody I've never heard of. Is that they're going after somebody that has a movie in Mogul Mowgli um, and Bossom Tarek, the, uh, the director. I've heard nothing about it. That means that Marvel is really looking at their directors and making big swings here. So Blade, to me, is off to a good start. 
I know nothing about it. I know nothing of the story. I have no idea how vampires are going to be there if they're always been there. But we have finally a director for Blade. Marvel has zero comment on this. They're like, no, I don't know about that. They want to. They probably want to make a big announcement, a big splash. We might be getting some more uh, casting news upcoming. Um, Tarek Marks, this is what I'll, I'll say from Deadline. Tarek Marks, the sixth person of color to direct a movie for Marvel, joining Ryan Coogler, uh, Chloe Zhao, uh, Dustin Creighton, uh, and Taika Waititi and Nia Da Costas, the latter of whom recently made the uh, name the director of Captain Marvel sequel, The Marvels. So they're going in. They're bringing in some exciting faces, exciting new faces, some new voices that we haven't heard from, and they're doing something special. So Blade to me... This is a win for me. I'm very excited. Know nothing about the director, just like the idea of what they're doing, how they're finding them. Obviously, this Mogu Mowgli is a movie that needs to be checked out. I'm going to go check it out. How about you, Akaika? I mean, I've never heard of it. I thought you were like trying yeah. to just, you are mispronouncing the Mowgli movie. The Mowgli like, movie, right. The Andy Serkis one? Yeah. but Which wasn't bad. I'm sure if if that's the last movie that he did, that's part of the track record of like why they signed this guy. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about um, uh, Chloe Zhao, who did uh, 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 Borderland, mm-hmm. right? And then did Eternals. Is that, am I saying the right one? I, I believe I am. But that's a long, that, like. Nomadland? When, Nomadland. Not, uh, not, what was I saying? Borderlands. I Borderlands. Uh, Nomadlands. Uh, Ryan Coogler did this too. Ryan Coogler does uh, Fruitvale Station. He gets Creed. Marvel perks up and goes. You know, talks to DuVernay and then Coogler. They go after very exciting people. And it goes back to all the way from, my, in my opinion, John Favreau directing Iron Man was out of left field for me. I mean, at the time, it was Elf that that I loved. And they're like, no, we're going to do that. Francis Lawrence comes in. Uh, not Francis Lawrence. Um, uh, sorry, I'm trying to. Uh, 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 Kenneth Branagh comes in for Thor. And you're like, Thor? Yeah. The director of uh, like Hamlet. You know, the Russo brothers come in, do a fantastic job on Winter Soldier. My point is that all the directors that they brought in have seemed to be very exciting and very, like, new voices that, I don't know, just just have something different than, let's say, you know, getting, like, who would you expect to do a Blade movie nowadays, Vikaika? Uh, right, I have Robert some, Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez would be fantastic. Now you're talking, but well, like it's it's like with Taika Waititi. No one really knew who he was. Like I, I followed him because I heard. Well, I was living in Hawaii at the time, and like yeah. he was doing getting awards and things. So I would see like what we do in the shadows, but not a lot of people saw that movie. And right, a lot, not people saw Boy, right, or Eagle versus Shark, and then Hunt for like, the Wilder wow. People. He yeah. around the time he got Ragnarok, he was just coming out with uh, Wilder People. Mm-hmm. So that's what uh, uh, what I understand is that's what they saw and that's what they were uh, gravitating to. Like, so who who knows? Five years from now, uh, this guy can be like the next Taika Waititi. We don't know. We don't know. But it's a very cool news. Uh, if anything, if uh, we are moving forward on a Blade movie uh, sooner rather than later, and that's exciting. Marvel is really, really exciting nowadays, and I think a lot of people are standing uh, with us on that because of what Loki does. So let's switch to Loki real quick and talk about the fact that it did get a season two, uh, which is a no-brainer. But from what I understand, and did you hear this, uh, Ikaika, that Loki was actually filmed to be one big, long season, and then when the pandemic happened, they cut it in two? I don't know if that's correct or not. But um, didn't hear that. Okay, uh, so right now it's just being uh, saying that the, there's going to be a Loki season two, 
And it's a far more complicated question in the MCU than it is for other TV shows because there's a lot to untangle here. I'm reading the uh, coverage over here on Collider from my friends at Collider. Uh, This is setting up, obviously, Doctor Strange and the uh, Multiverse of Madness, Um, all the stuff we were talking about with the multiverse, but it's a real quick story to, to, to touch on, but... Do you think Loki is done with multiverse now and he's got to go figure out his way out or is there going to be more implications? What do you think Loki season two could be or something that we see? Can we see Loki back side by side with Thor at the end of season two if that were the way to go? We also have Thor love and thunder for God's Mm -hmm. sakes. So there's so much to unpack here. I love this idea here and I love the multiverse being all over the place uh, as it were. That I don't know where to go. Ikaiko, what do you think? Uh, Loki season two is going to be Loki, the search for Sylvie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. definitely going to be yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah. I think we're not, we're going to see more Kang. They're going to tease it, mm-hmm. but he's not going to, he might be a major thing to it, but it's not going to be like the main focus. Right. Because we're going to see him in Ant Man, Quantumania. Oh, yeah. He's the big bad yeah. in uh, Quantumania, right? So, see, all these pieces are now falling into place, and it happened with Loki. It happened with a Disney Plus series. So WandaVision, Captain America, uh, sorry, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, and Loki now. All these series are the building blocks for this massive MCU now. And then with with Blade being added now, Fantastic Four is right around the corner. The mutants are any day now. Very excited. So I'm so excited that Loki will continue on, that we get a season two. I think it's one of my favorites. Let's rank them right now. Now that we've seen the three Marvel series, Ikaika, what do you got? What's your what's your order? As far as everything yeah. um, put together, I would say Loki number one, WandaVision two, and Falcon Winter Soldier number three. I like that. But I liked all three of them. I just Falcon Winter Soldier had the most issues. I felt like as far as pacing wise, it felt a lot like Civil War, which I don't. Civil War is my favorite. I love the end of Civil War, but like there's yeah. a lot of pacing and writing issues in that movie, and I felt like. That show was kind of the same as it. Yeah. Well, we got John Mariano here uh, in the chat saying, Loki dealing with alternate realities and a quantum leap scenario trying to get home. That sounds awesome. That sounds right up my alley. And right up the story's alley. I think that that actually seems like that would be a good idea. Uh, not to go down the speculation wormhole too much because I feel like you could stumble upon actual spoilers, but I'm excited that we have a, a season two, that we get more Tom Hiddleston more than anything, that we get to go find Sylvie, that we get to do all these things that might actually set up more of the multiverse. Here's to waiting and seeing what that means because now now that Loki's over, I mean, it's like look at the building blocks they've been doing. WandaVision, Loki now, multiverse. That's maybe why the Eternals are going to get involved. They're like, uh-oh. We've been standing over here, but now the multiverse is all screwed up. How do we become a part of this? Uh, so many possibilities. What do you think? You can get us here on a Super Chat, or you can go to streamlabs.com slash GPA. Share your thoughts. Any questions you want to share with us here? We're already about 20 minutes into the show. As we get towards the end, I'll start taking some of your questions if you have them. Uh, seeing everybody in the chat here uh, loving this as well. Uh, vampires and mutants, so many possibilities. Um, and the Russo brothers, as John Mariano is pointing out in the um, uh, chat here, they were coming off community of all things. So the Russo brothers coming off community to do Winter Soldier, it gives you, this shows you that Marvel has been doing this for a while now, just making these interesting choices and not, you know, things that we just kind of go like, oh yeah, Ready Player One directed by Steven Spielberg. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, right? And whether you like the movie or not, some people hot and cold on it. 
Marvel doing it, for me, very exciting with who they're picking. So uh, we shall see how this is going to shape up. All right, let's move on over to the DC world now because I didn't know this, and I, I keep forgetting that this is happening, but the Batgirl movie is now uh, down to a list of... Uh, the short list, as it were. Every once in a while, we get a short list. Sometimes we'll get a Ben Affleck has been cast as Batman and it gets everybody to lose their ever-loving minds. But right now, we have, uh, I have a, not only was the rap reporting this, Deadline's reporting this, but uh, on the write-up from Collider, per Deadline, some of the actresses that are expected to test for the role of Batgirl, or Barbara Gordon, include Isabella Merced, Zoe Douch, Leslie Grace, and then Deadline also mentioned that unpregnant star Haley Lou Richardson's name also came up in the mix, but says that she are, uh, may have already bowed out for the testing process. Now, I know nothing about any of these actresses. I'm so behind on a lot of my movies, but I just love the idea that we have. They look so different. Are you looking at some of these actresses, Akaika, and uh, anything stand out to you? Are you familiar with any of their work? Um Isabella Merced, yes, she was Dora the Explorer, and she was an instant family. That's right, and she. So and it also says here that she was in Transformers: The Last Night. Oh yeah, yeah. I never saw that, but but I'm Dora the Explorer. That. That's right, that's right. Then we have set it up, Zoe, Leslie Grace in the Heights, an unpregnant star. So clearly, Warner Brothers are—they're not going for one type of actress or looking at a lot of different actresses. Which then I, I don't know. Now, now, and I want it out there. This just occurred to me. You have Jeffrey Wright, right? Commissioner Gordon in mm-hmm. Batman. The Batman. Matt Reeves is the Batman with uh, Robert Pattinson. And this movie is actually being billed as being an HBO Max movie. So whether that's going to drop right in theaters and on HBO Max, and that's already a thing, you know, Black Widow and NATO. I don't know if you guys heard about this news, but the National Association of Theater Owners, not too thrilled with Black Widow because huge drop with Black Widow second weekend. Um, A lot of people are saying because it was the home option that you could rent it there. Some people said piracy was involved. But whether or not they'll do this, do you think a Batgirl movie, because it's HBO Max, is going to drop specifically for HBO Max, or we're going to get it in theaters. It's a Batgirl property. It's a Batman property. There's too much. Like, people love their Batman and their Batgirl and their Nightwing and their Robin and their Bane and their Joker and all these different things. I think they'll they'll keep it on HBO Max. And also, I have a theory. Maybe it was the Delta variant. Also, people are afraid to go outside now. That could have been the job for Black Widow. Yeah. yeah. I doubt a lot of people were climbing to see Space Jam. So Yeah, the variant is a thing. Get vaccinated, everybody. It's uh, it's it's taking people out that aren't vaccinated. I yeah, mean, that's, that's just the that's the thing. Not trying to get political or anything, but I, I, don't I, ju- I just think that I don't want to get political here. I, ju- I just think that that probably scared people from going to the theater. It could be. Yeah, you're not you're not you're not wrong. But Batgirl, I'm not sure. I, I it's I mean Black Widow is a such bigger property. Right. I'm not trying to say like another female superhero, but um, I don't know. Like, not a lot of people really know who Batgirl is, so I don't. I don't think that it's going to be a, in theaters. It could. Yeah. It could go with HBO Max, but DC know. is a. Le- it's lesser to call how DC is doing it. They're already in the multiverse kind of game. We know the Flash is coming out. He's got Batman. He's got uh, Michael Keaton's Batman. So multiverse in effect. Uh, which was already hinted at in Justice League and is kind of hinted at with uh, with Zack Snyder's Justice League with a far superior one, uh, in my humble, humble opinion. 
So, but for me, DC is hard to like classify because we know the MCU is completely locked together, you know, and that it's the shared universe and now the multiverse. What does that mean? Could the multiverse look over to Sony and go, well, that's why. So Venom and all that kind of stuff. DC, it's like, well, Henry Cavill might not be Superman anymore. But Jason Momoa is and might have blonde hair in the next movie. Is that what you're hearing, Akaika? I just heard color change on the headline. Color change, yeah, yeah. Like, I guess it's blonde. Yeah, he's a surfer. He can go out there and it's just like kissed by the sun and, you know, change his color. I don't know. Uh, before I go any further here, uh, Moramoth, my friend, thank you for the super chat and saying we have Mrs. Feige to thank for the Russos. Is that right? Did Mrs. Did Mrs. Feige go... I'm watching Community, and you need to get behind these guys. That sounds about right. Yeah, she's a really big Aristotelian fan, I guess. Is she really? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then Christian Alante, thank you for this. Leslie Grace was phenomenal in In the Heights. Uh, that sounds good for me. So, uh, Christian, I see your uh, Batgirl is more popular than the Guardians of the Galaxy was before the first movie came out. I would agree with that, actually. I think Batgirl is a major, major popular character, more so than Guardians. Um I mean, think about it. I mean, it's like they they put Alicia Silverstone in as Batgirl at one point. Um, You know, the story that Barbara Gordon, who becomes Oracle at some point in the story, is such a fantastic storyline. I'm interested to see who they cast. If it's Leslie Grace, great. And how they're going to do the Batgirl story. Um, and whether or not it will lead to a darker, more sinister version of Barbara Gordon that happens when she becomes Oracle. I don't want to necessarily spoil what happens to the character, but something bad happens. And the progression from that character into Oracle is is some of my favorite Batman stuff and Batman stories and Batgirl stories. So, uh, Christian, I agree with you. I think Batgirl has a, a more of a popular... I think Batman in general is so popular because he's Batman, but also it's because so many of us get behind Batman because he's human. And we can, we can think to ourselves, we can train and get all buff and we can go to school and become a detective, whatever the things that, you know, are offered to us. It's not superpowers. It's superpower up here. So I think people have gravitated to Batman. And then what's great about Batman is that you have his gallery of villains that are always so friggin' rad. But then I always hear about from Batman, when people are talking about Batman, we inevitably talk about his rogue gallery, and then we inevitably talk about Batman, or sorry, Robin being killed by Joker, who we inevitably talk about Jason Todd. We inevitably talk about Dick Grayson, who became Nightwing, and then that opens up the door to Oracle and Batgirl and the the, the rest of the, the Bat peeps, the Bat family. So I think, I, Christian, I think you're right, you know? I do see that, but I also think that mainstream audiences gravitate way more to Marvel, where it could be any Marvel property and people will go see it. Versus uh, DC, people, if it's not Batman or Superman, people will, will, might go see it, but it's not going to be... Like, Doom Patrol, I think, is better than all the the Disney Plus Marvel shows. That's what I've heard, but yeah, yeah. no one talks about it. You don't see any TikToks on it. You don't see it on social media. Yep. Yeah, Besides I, hardcore fans. I think Mar- Mar- what Marvel did, I think, so well was the quality of their of their output uh, was matching, in my opinion, the quality of, like, say, Pixar. So you, Marvel became a brand like 
a Pixar, a Star Wars. It's like no matter what it was, people are going to go see it because you've now heard so many whatever you've heard, good things, bad things, but mostly good, I would say, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. People are like, Marvel movie, let's go. DC, yeah. Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, done. Everybody knows that. Birds of Prey, what was this? Harley Quinn, Suicide Squad. DC, for me, has has my number one in Superman, has some of my favorite characters and, and, and uh, villains and whatnot. But right now, DC is like at that, at that phase where it's like, we're getting the Suicide Squad. Which, by the way, everybody, did you see? And this is never, and it never will be about a Marvel versus a DC. Not in my cantina. I, lo- I love them all. I mean, when your favorite character is Superman and your second favorite is Spider-Man, we can all sit at a table and uh, ha- have a meal. But DC right now, the Suicide Squad was shown to critics and in a move that I haven't seen in a very long time or heard about in a very long time, Warner Brothers went, sure, tweet about it. We know it's about a month away. Go ahead and tweet about it. And all the colleagues that I've worked with in, in my past, whether it's Collider or some of the people I know um, in other outlets, that is a huge sign of confidence from Warner Brothers. And I'll go out and say it right now. I think the Suicide Squad is going to crush. I think it's going to be... 90% fresh. I think people, I think word of mouth is going to spread. And I think we have on our hands another kind of Deadpool kind of character, or at least the raunch, hard rating, uh, 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 gory, graphic, lots of swearing, R rating. And James Gunn's like, yeah, F it. Think about where James Gunn was coming from at the time. James Gunn was let go from Marvel over that nonsense, some old tweets, Warner Brothers goes, (laughs) come on over, hires James Gunn within the fallout of that, which I at the time was like, oh, shots across the bow, DC to Marvel. James Gunn then hired to write the Suicide Squad. I'm on a tangent here about Suicide Squad, everybody. Don't worry, I'll get back on on track here. I'm on a multiverse right now. Um, But he goes, he had nothing left to prove. And in fact, I would say that James Gunn was downright pissed when he got Suicide Squad. So I think he just went, you know what, motherfuckers? Here's a talking shark. Here's a polka dot man. They're all going to freaking smack each other. They're going to curse. There's going to be this. There's going to be a starfish. There's going to be this. There's a Harley Quinn's going to kill some people. So word of mouth, at least from the, the people that I do trust their, their movie opinions, the Suicide Squad is the goods, and I cannot wait to see it. But now back on track here. It's hard to say what the DC universe is. Is the Suicide Squad an actual sequel to Suicide Squad? Where is Shazam? Like, where, like, Michael Keaton with Ezra Miller in, in, in that Batman and Flash movie? Like, how does, where's Ben Affleck? I mean, is the Flash movie now going to explain all the different casting and where's Henry Cavill and are we going to get a new Superman movie? It's going to be within that world. It's really, really hard to nail down, for me at least, where the DC Universe is as far as continuity. Uh, DGMC, I'd kill for a disconnected Two-Face origin story film like Joker. Oh, my God. Lots of character to play with even before the acid in the face. Zach Efron as Dent. DGMC, I like that idea. Zach Efron is Dent, I think, because he did the uh, 
what's his name? The Tom. That's uh, Tom. The 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 Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. I kept calling him Tom. I've been hanging out with Dagnino too much. Um, he could do it. Zach Efron can a- absolutely do it, and I think DGMC, you, you you bring in a good point here. That's what DC is doing really well. They're able to just go f it. We're making an R-rated Joker origin story, and Joaquin Phoenix is going to win an Oscar, and it doesn't have to be tied to the Batman, even though there's rumors now that the Batman might actually feature or a Joker sequel. I don't know if that's happening or not. But that's what DC's got going. They can go, and that's what I think is so popular and why Batgirl, again, is going to be more popular, I think, in... I, I, I don't know. Versus the Guardians of the Galaxy, Batgirl, when you hear Batgirl, you immediately know Batman and you immediately think DC, maybe Superman, Wonder Woman, that kind of thing. So I think in general, on paper, audiences know more about Batgirl. But it's to this point here, DGMC, the the Batman villains and sporting characters are very well known. They really are. That's why jo- Joker, the, look, look at Joker. The Joker made a billion dollars and won an Oscar for... Joaquin Phoenix. So I think Batgirl is going to be very, very interesting to see cast up. I wonder what other Bat villains, Rogue Gallery, Bat characters might show up. Are we going to get an Oracle story? Is Barbara Gordon doomed in this DC world to become Oracle and not be Batgirl for all of her career? We don't know yet. Drop in some comments there. If you haven't hit that like button on the on the video yet, please do so. It helps the algorithm, helps us here. And, of course, if you got some more questions here, streamlabs.com slash goodpeoplegpa. You can get them in there, and Super Chats are coming in like this. Appreciate them. Joel Ralston here with one. Whatever happened to Spielberg's Blackhawks movie? If it were a WW2 movie or a World War II movie and Superman makes a cameo, a decade-spanning DC universe could work. Yeah, man. Joel, that's a great idea from what I've heard. The Blackhawks movie is still in development. Um, I don't know what Spielberg is doing. We have West Side Story coming out in a few months or over the holiday season. He dropped out of Indiana Jones 5. He's probably producing it. I don't know what his next uh, project will be, but I love the idea of a decade-spanning DC universe. Um, Why not? Why the hell not? DC's kind of playing in that world of, like, we don't give an F. We're going to make Suicide Squad and it's going to be the movie and it doesn't have to matter to whatever. And I think that's the way to go because otherwise, you know, the MCU had that plan. They were making their shared universe. That plan was made with DC, but then Zack Snyder made what he wanted to make and DC went, I don't know, and ran away. You blow it. That's okay. Christian Alante with a super chat here. Thank you very much, by the way. If it's not a theatrical release, and I would have preferred an HBO Max series rather than a movie. I like that idea, too. Uh, the HBO, uh, HBO Max series is great. We do have Gotham. They're making, and Peacemaker, speaking of Suicide Squad. So DC is getting in that game. DC is laying the groundwork that I feel like in a few years we'll know exactly what the DC Universe looks like and whether it's shared and which characters will pop up in which movie and that this will be a multiverse, this won't be, this will be here, this will be there. I think it's all a matter of time. Any, uh, Kaika, what do you think about uh, the Batgirl uh, or anything having to do with the Batman or the Batgirl in the DC Universe? I mean, I think DC is going to be a lot more careful with what they do. So yeah. I think they're, they're making good decisions. Um so it probably should be good. I like their decisions. I would like making. it as a series. That'd be cool. 
It'd be really fun, and I'm really looking forward to what they do with Gotham, and I'm wondering how it ties into, because it is Jeffrey Wright, who is Commissioner Gordon. I wonder how, I just rewatched that Batman trailer. I mean, it's freaking good. Yeah. I'm just looking at the Spielberg comment, and I'm like, would he do a Marvel superhero or a DC movie? But I'm, I'm kind of thinking before he does that, he's going to go back to an like some one of his old films and like either redo it, like remake it, or a sequel like et2 or something oh god <laughs> i just watched et the other night do not make a sequel to et or jaws the remake yes yeah, do not Steven Spielberg. no let me take care of that jaws remake a bigger boat has done the the failed remake you cannot remake jaws in fact i just was watching some uh shark wheat stuff and the news that uh, they've changed to protect sharks because the, the stigma is still there you know, sharks attack people, must kill shark. And they're endangered. And we can't do that. And there's an ecosystem, there's a balance to the ocean. You don't see me walking around your house wondering why you shot me. Huh? Why are you jumping in the water in the shark's house wondering why you got attacked? Just watch where you're going. This is an off topic question, but what, what property do you think is most likely that it'll be re- remade into a series or a movie like i kind of think what like, big property i love this and i'm putting out there's a great question ikaika and as we uh get into some news bits um after this main conversation here we're going to then uh take us out uh with the show with of course they don't make them like they used to one of my favorite segments here on riley's cantina where we look at all the old posters and compare them to the new posters and what we can learn about a good movie poster for the story for the movie itself all that jazz Oh, boy, Kaika. So, out there, everybody, what is a big IP? Whether it's a old movie like Jaws, or whether it's a DC property or a Marvel property, or maybe it's even a whatever. What say you? I think I'm going to swing for the fences right now. I think we could see a limited series Goonies reunion series on HBO Max. Grown up, Goonies have to save their town or whatever it is. They go on a treasure hunt. I don't know. I like that. Yeah. What as, about you? As far as Spielberg, I, I can see AI as a series. I love AI. I, I could see Minority Report as a series. Um, I could see him doing a sequel to Goonier Things. Laser Bolt. That's a good title. Uh, Moramoth here with another super chat. Thank you, my friend. Bummed about not seeing Batgirl or Static in theaters. And I think we will see it in theaters, too, Mormoth. I think that Batgirl is too big and this movie is too important to the DC universe that it'll be on. It'll be in theaters, but I think you could also just see it at home, uh, depending on how things go. Uh, another one I could see, and we are getting it, is uh, the, the Mogwai. We're getting an animated series of Gremlins, mm-hmm. which is great. I think it's going to be good. That's going to be really good. So, that's one. Um, Jaws, I can't see. I, can't, I, I, do not, I do not know how you remake Jaws. And that's what I play with in, my, in the script that I wrote that we're going to do a live uh, show about, A Bigger Boat. Jaws, sharks are endangered. It's a different world we live in. If a shark ate a swimmer in a small beach town, they would close the beaches. And they would probably protect the shark. They'd be like, no, don't go in the water. That's just that. Unless it takes place like in the 70s. I mean, you could do it in the 70s, but then it's just the same thing. 
today's audiences are watching you kill a shark. And you'd be like, you shouldn't have killed a shark. Just don't go in the water. The 1870s. The 1870s, yeah, where, you know, the, what is it, the 1910s in New Jersey when the shark, when the first, with the idea of Peter Benchley actually had? I don't know. Kate Von D here. Got my stickers and my guitar picks today. Thank you so much, GPA. You're welcome. Kate Van D, thank you for being a supporter and uh, for being so just awesome to us. Uh, so glad. Picks and sticks are out. I'm seeing pictures all over, by the way. Uh, if you missed it, sorry, we do have some spares laying around, but we're going to get to another promotion uh, with one of our live shows, so stay tuned for that. But as always, go to the GPA.fun and check out our merch store. You can get some of those things in there right now. All right, I'm going to go to some just bits of news here that uh, to share with you, Ikaika, this is what we like to do. Now that the news segment is over from Riley's Cantina, I would like to pull some small bits of news, news bits. Throw me your wake, Ikaika, and everybody watching at home right now and listening, and you tell me what you want to talk about, okay? Because there's a lot of trailers that drop that I've seen. There's a few things that have, of newsworthiness that we can talk about. Uh, but in general, The Last Duel, very first trailer, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck together again, as these medieval knights with Adam Driver, that first trailer is out there. The first malignant trailer, James Wan, is back in his horror roots. We're going to look at that poster a little bit later as well. First malignant trailer. We have the first Jackass Forever trailer, which I last laughed my ass off at because I just, I just love Johnny Knoxville. Uh, the Dune character posters are up. So we have some Dune character posters. And then, lastly, but not least, because I love this one the best, Neil Blomkamp reveals that District 10 will be based in American history and not South African history. So he basically said, they're working on the sequel for District 10, and it's going to be set in America, not South Africa. What say you, Ikaika? What out of all of those news bits that you like? Uh, I would say Malignant or District 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyle Gabrand in the chat here is saying that uh, the last tool looks Effing epic. Also, silly haircuts. Yeah, that was the time. That was time. So you say malignant and what else? Or District 10. District 10, yeah. Uh, I love the District 10 idea. I have That's been one of my favorite sci-fi movies uh, of the past 20 years. I find it incredibly effective, incredibly amazing. And the only thing I'll say, if it's set in America, then what the hell happened to Charlotte Copley's character? That's all I need to know. Because District 9 ends on a somewhat question mark. So I don't know. Uh, I'm looking in here for the uh, for anybody who wants to talk about. Yep, uh, the last duel looks uh, intriguing. Brennan Marr. Uh, M.K. Songbird, Jackass Forever with the heart. Uh, Laren McCullen, McMullen, I should say. Chucky. I did see the Chucky uh, trailer. And uh, as I told the Kaika... I'm excited for for the Child's Play, the Chucky series. Uh, I'm not a huge Child's Play fan. I did enjoy the remake, uh, but it never really got me in the in the horror feels. Although I feel Child's Play the original is a very effective and scary horror movie, but after a while, it just it didn't do it for me. Will I check out Chucky? Yes, I will because Ash versus Evil Dead was one of the greatest surprises of all time as far as a horror movie that became a horror series. I was just pleasantly happy with that one. Chucky could be in the same kind of conversation. So, a lot of people in the chat are talking this last duel trailer. It looked amazing. Um the cast is fantastic. The mullets are are next level. 
uh, I am excited about that one. Um, the Dune character posters, yeah, it's just another. This is why we do. This is why we do the segment, Ikaika, because the Dune character posters. Listen, I'm going to go on my Dune soapbox right now. If you can, Ikaika, I would like to pull up one or two of those posters if you go to that link. But this is the whole point I'm getting at when it comes to yeah. Look, Joseph Scrimshaw made the best joke of all the jokes on Twitter. He said, I'm intrigued about Dune, but I'm more intrigued to learn about the fragrance they're each promoting. Because it looks like they're all, it's, it's like a Calvin Klein ad. This, to me, doesn't do Dune justice. It's just character posters, and as first look, yeah, I, you know, I guess you're selling your movie with Jason Momoa, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, they're fine. They look great. But I don't, I mean, the Baron looks fantastic. I, I will say that. The, the, the Stellan Skarsgård is the Baron is point, just spot on casting. But I'm missing, like, if you look at the original Star Wars poster, okay, nobody knew what Star Wars was. Nobody knows what Dune is unless you've read the book. There are a ton of people that love the Dune book myself included. And there are so many, and some of the conversations we're having around Dune is, please don't fail. Please don't fail. I saw a tweet the other day. They're like, all you Dune stands, you better out, you better be on site opening night to make that movie pop at the box office. Because there are so many people worried that it's too heady, that Denis Villeneuve is not going to do it justice. It is a gorgeous movie. And if you know the book, Dune, you know that it is very much the DNA of Star Wars started with Dune. Frank Herbert wrote this book. It's the 60s. I mean, Palpatine's right there. Exactly. There's elements of it, but Dune is a fantastic movie. It's Game of Thrones in space is basically what it is. And I'm hoping to God people go on opening night because I'm hearing a lot of stuff about the fact that they put in a lot of money in this thing the pandemic being what it was, moving the release date around, all these different things that we've seen. But Dune, you mean to tell me you couldn't... I could just type in Star Wars poster and pull up one of the first things you see. Because this is what, this is what drives me crazy. Is that you're trying to sell your movie. You're trying to sell your mythological new Star Wars. And you're just having close-ups on their face. I, it's like, give me a poster that tells me a story. Give me a poster that reminds me that there's a mythology out there. Look! It's the first one. That's the very first poster that came out. I mean, look at that. That, that to me, makes me want to see that movie. Nobody's heard of Star Wars. Floating heads. Floating heads over there. But yeah, Death Star. But it's a drawing. We have Darth Vader. We've never seen this guy before. We have droids we've never seen before. We have a dude that we've never seen before pointing a gun at us, but he's also, he has some kind of weird thing at his belt. And then we got lasers, and we got a floating space station, and we have spaces, we have ships in space. You're telling me we couldn't do that with Dune? We couldn't have, like... A big grand shot of Arrakis and a sandworm hole and maybe some people that are like, 
the Maudib are there. I, I just don't, I just don't, you know, sometimes I just don't get it. It makes me upset. And I, I don't know if anybody out there is uh, feeling the same way I feel about this. But Dune, King Sport Cal, I need that spice. You know what I'm talking about. I got a Dune fan here. What are you thinking, Akaika? I've never watched or read Dune, so I don't know anything about it besides it's in sand and there's weird like polygon shield thingies mm. to be in the movie. But mm. do you think that it would have been better if this was a HBO series and they would have done this like a Game of Thrones? Because like, yeah, have you seen what they're doing with Last of Us? They're throwing money. Each yeah. episode is over eight figures. Yeah, Last of Us is going to be one of the most expensive shows in history uh, over at HBO. Yeah. Yeah, I think Game of Thrones. Uh, I think a, a, a Dune series would have been epic, in the Game of Thrones style. Now, I love we're getting this movie though. I hope to God y'all go out there and watch this thing because if you love Game of Thrones, you love Star Wars, and you love like epics and make you think, chosen ones and Maudibs and 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 the spice being the the thing that that causes people to to backstab and betray because you know he who controls the spice controls the universe that's in dune you know and then the freeman and the and the gob jabber and the lady jessica and having to do the test and paul atreides having to do the test by sticking his hand in the gob jabber this is the stuff that is you're gonna lose your mind if you love dune if you love the book you're gonna lose your mind so kaika i'll make you a bet right now dude you're going to love this movie. It's Denis Villeneuve. Did you like Arrival? Loved it. Okay, you're going to like Dune. Yeah, Brian Jackson, Mr. McClunky. Dune, Fragrance of the Spice by Dior. Yeah, they're just uh, they're just the character posters. Yeah, and Kyle Gabrant, you're right. They're just selling the celebrity of the actors who are playing the characters, not the characters in the movie itself, and I agree with that. Uh, but the last bit of uh, news bits, we talked about Dune. We talked about the, the Jackass trailer. The, um, the What else did we talk about in, in uh, District 10? Uh, let's talk about Malignant. And that'll be lead us nicely into our last segment of the day and of the show. And that's they don't make them like they used to. We're going to look at all the great posters that uh, in history, in horror especially, because... Malignant, James Wan's new horror movie that he wrote and directed, just dropped a trailer, and my God, this thing is like 10 out of 10 on the Josh McCuga scare scale for me. What did you think about it, Ikeika? Uh I thought it was a little CGI heavy, but for what they're doing, yeah. they have to do it. Yeah. Um, but I'm not too worried about that. It looks awesome. It looks freaky. It's imaginary friend. Yeah. It's like imaginary friend coming back to kill. I don't know what's going on, but the poster is great. The trailer looked great. Anytime James Wan is getting back to his horror roots, because I think The Conjuring, Insidious, and Saw, I don't really like Saw that much, but I think it's it. Um, I acknowledge it for the massiveness that Saw was. I mean, that put you know James Wan on the map. So when he's going back to Malignant and this, Boy, this trailer looked great. I don't know what to expect, but, you know, I got the chills. I was kind of doing this, and he's like, from the director. And, you know, did you notice, too? They're not doing, like, James Wan from the director of Aquaman and Fast 7. No, they're like, the guy who brought you Saw, Insidious, and The Conjuring. You're like, yes, we don't need that Aquaman crap. We have Conjuring, Insidious. I do like how that 
that Gabriel, whatever the thing is, like how it looks, it just looks like a shadow. It's like, like you shadow. Don't, like it's, it's like freaky. it jumped out of a pool. Like it's like wet. Dude, it went into the wall. Like they're in like some crawl space and all of a sudden it does like the exorcist thing and like climbs upside down and away. And I'm like, what? Anytime you get like this imaginary friend like that's real. How much money do we have to pay Josh to see this movie? Super Chats and Streamlabs are always welcome here as we try to get enough money to pay Josh McCuga to see this movie on opening night with all of us and we'll film it. God, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Hey, look at this. Jose, I appreciate this nice uh, sticker here and your donation here. Uh, Uyoa, I I hope I'm not butchering your name, Jose. I appreciate you uh, joining us here and making the Good People Association and Riley's Cantina part of your day. Uh, Malignant is awesome. Kingsport Cal. Hmm, I'll have to check the trailer out. Go check it out. It's awesome. Uh, oh, Jose, uh, you're, I love this chat here. Uh, District 10 starts with the backstory of aliens being brought uh, to us by forced labor. Alien from D9 returns to team up with Copley character to lead Uprising. Yes, give me that with peace between all at the end. I love that idea, man. That's how you do it. Yeah, there's got to be Charlton Copley's character in this thing. Uh, I'm failing on his name in the actual movie, but um, it was such a fantastic story for that. And blended this wonderful bit of um, like found footage, documentary footage that then just really nicely moved its way into a narrative setting. And the movie became a narrative uh, and became a fantastic story. So, Jose, I really appreciate your super chat there. Uh, We will, if we raise enough money, we've said this at the GPA, uh, we're not done with Josh Bakuga by damn sight. We are planning, we would love to bring him to Halloween Horror Nights. We would love to do another movie watch along. In fact, if you missed our live show this past Wednesday, uh, we did secure our next watch along in about two weeks' time. We're going to be watching Candyman. Candyman. Woo! Candyman. (gasps) Candyman. Candyman. We're going to be watching the original Candyman with Josh McCuga. For those of you that were on the live show that watched us here on the GPA Live, which happens every other Wednesday now, we go every other week, Wednesday at about 3 to 4 o'clock, deciding on the new time as well. But we are going to sit down and watch, like we did a few weeks ago, we watched Paranormal Activity 3, and there were so many of you that watched along with us, Scared the bejesus out of Josh. We're going to do it again. We'd love to do it at Halloween Horror Nights, and we would love to do uh, Malignant and see that as well. That's going to be really fun. Hey, Ryan. What's up, Ryan Nelson? Good to see you in the chat here, my friend. Uh, Good seeing you the other night, too, as well. Uh, All right, so with Malignant being out there, the trailer being awesome, James Wan back to his horror roots, Let's go into the last segment of the show, and that's they don't make them like they used to. We look at the old posters. I'm focusing in on the horror movie posters, the horror genre that, frankly, does the best posters ever. But pull up the first one here, Ikaika, because Malignant drops today. And look at that poster. Look at that poster. That's a poster. Big shout-out to my friend Marlon, who is a part of my writer's room over on the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Riley Roundtable. If you guys, uh, anybody wants to be a writer, has some pages they want to share, I just closed up writer's room for July, but we're close to August, so if you want to join the tier and uh, shoot some shit with us when it comes to writing, share your pages, 
more than happy to. Marlon was nice enough to point me out to this. He went, what do you think? I go, now that's a poster. That tells a story. The malignant, the thing, is this shock treatment? Is she getting something? Is she getting a frontal lobotomy? Is she getting something inserted like mental institutes? They used to do that. They used to stick things in your eye to get rid of your frontal phobe thingy here because you think you're going crazy and seeing imaginary friends come back. The red, the main actress, the look on her face. This is a fantastic poster. I like that it's drawn to like a 80s, 90s like book, like horror novel. Yeah. Yeah, it's got that old 90s flair to it. So jumping off of this poster, the very first poster to be released for Malignant, I decided to now look at some of the past horror movies from all decades. We went back, way back. What do we got next? One of the greatest movies ever. Yep, that's right. Look at this. Way, 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 way back to The Bride of Frankenstein. Look at this. They don't make posters like this anymore. I love this poster. Warning, the monsters demand the monster demands a mate. It it looks fantastic. Look at the it's like the hair becomes like a fire that's engulfing the other two. It's it's it's, it's I mean, what do you want? It's a James Whale old old classic universal monsters horror movie poster. I just adore I mean, that thing. It literally is telling a story cuz didn't the first one end with a fire? It sure did. And, and he look comes what out of the rubble. Yep. Comes out of the rubble and giving birth to, then years later, here we go. Love that poster. Uh, you don't add the, uh, that eye into a piercing object in her temple for the reason on the poster. No, you're right. Uh, sorry, I'm reading something on a Haskell 420. Boy, it's, yeah, piece, piece, that, whatever that thing is going into her uh, head looks uh, mighty strange and scary. All right, let's go to the next poster. Classic, The Exorcist. This tells you everything, everything that you might need to know. And this is one of the versions that we, uh, the, 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 one of the, when they re-released it, the scariest movie of all time has returned in the version you've never seen. But what I love about this, you can get rid of that tagline up there because that is the original uh, poster. What's with that bright light emanating out of the top window? Obviously, that's the exorcist. And if he's the exorcist, why is he wearing a hat like that? Why is he carrying a briefcase? What is the exorcist? That's scary. Just a lone dude standing out there by a lamppost with a light coming from obviously somebody's possessed or something. I just love this poster. I, I don't know. What do you what do you think of Kaika? This is just a great poster. I like it because you think like it's the light coming from or it's going to her very different ways. And also the like the plants kind of look like monster heads, so like demon heads a little bit. Like they hair. do. They do. I'm gonna go a little bit deeper as well. We know that spoilers for uh for a 40-something-odd-year movie here. Uh, we know that Max, Van Cidow, uh, Max von Sydow's character um, uh, doesn't survive. In fact, it looks like he's looking up into a light. He's looking. Come to the light, Father. Come to the light. Maybe a little foreshadowing in the poster. I don't know. Love it. Love that we get, like, the malignant poster just reminded me of all these great posters that I wanted, so I start grabbing them from history. So let's go to the next one. Yep. That gets me every time. Who will survive and what will be left of them? If you look at Leatherface, get the F out of there with that. He's, what is he wearing? What is on his face? He's got the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He's got the, the woman is being tied. It's just not a great poster. But you know why it's not that scary? Putting on the white background like that, it doesn't 
hit as hard, but it hits just hard enough to be like, this is a scary ass movie. Plus, it's got the folds. I love that. What do you think of the uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre one? It's very interesting how it's like white. Um, like it doesn't make the words. I think it would tr- they're trying to make the words pop more, yeah. but I feel like it just takes away from the. I don't know. It takes, it takes away from the poster. Like what's going on in the scene? Yeah. Well, I think you know. I, it's a sign of the angle. times. Really, this is a seven. This is an early seventies era poster. A lot of them had this, this kind of this white background and um, just kind of showing you a little bit of it. But I love that. The, I think it really is like scary as hell. And I can't wait to, boy, I would love to frame that and put that on my wall. They just released the trailer for it being at Hollywood Horror Nights, too. Oh, Texas really? Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's going to be great. Oh, I bet Josh will run his <laughs> ass off that yep, one. Chainsaws. All right, let's go to the next poster. Another classic here. I'm going down the list here. Black Christmas. Look at that. That's awful. Yeah. If this picture doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. I love that. Big classic scene, big iconic scene from the original slasher movie. This Some say this is the original slasher movie, more so than uh, Halloween, 1978's Halloween. Uh, I love this. Black Christmas. Margot Kidder's in this thing. What do you want from me? I mean, come on. Margot Kidder, one of the greats. Uh, what do you think of that poster, Rikaika? I think it is interesting how the uh, wreath like isn't complete, and yeah. how just like there's the black bar covering yeah. like, the bottom of it. Yeah, it's very interesting That's editing. A- I don't know how. I've never seen this movie, so I don't know how that would go into the story at all. Yeah, I'm sure there's some way to. Uh, I love some of the. Uh, we have Kate Van D saying, "Ooh, my favorite poster." Uh, scares me. Uh, Chris Doman in here saying also a minimalist poster, which is why it's also great. Yeah, the minimalist way with posters that I wish they would have done for Dune. Just showing Arrakis, showing a sandworm, maybe showing a few of the Freeman. I don't know. It might have been doing something better. Maybe the Atreides ship kind of coming into orbit. I don't know. Uh, but minimalist is the way to go. I love this. This is kind of following a trend in the years Early 70s for, or sorry, 74, I believe, was uh, Texas Chainsaw. And then I can't remember, yeah, Silent Night, Evil Night is uh, listed on the bottom of this poster. I love it. And John Saxon, of course, is in it, the great John Saxon. All right, let's go to the next poster. Yep, let's go to keep going with some of the classics here. Dawn of the Dead. This one I remember as a kid. Didn't see the movie until way later, but I remember seeing this movie up in my Ma and Pa VHS store. And I went, nope, don't want to see this movie because this poster scared me. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. That is a great, great tagline. What do you think of this one? I always wondered, because I never really fully looked at this poster. I've seen it so many times, but I was like, is that like shade of a tree or something? But, oh, it's blood because it's on the ear too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do like how it's simple. Like, it's very cartoony, the, the face, or but still... Very creepy. Very creepy. It's awesome. I love it. Ooh, boy. All right, let's go to the next one. We're going to get some classics coming up here. Yep. One of my favorites. I think this just... They're here. Little girl by the by the TV. Who knew we could make a TV so damn scary? But Toby Hooper and Steven Spielberg sure did, and I love that poster. The Poltergeist poster, one of my favorites, and then that tagline, it knows what scares you. Great poster. Let's go to the next one. Finally pulled one of the originals. And one of my, you know, 
Friday the 13th may not be the greatest film series of all time. It might not even be a great horror movie because it certainly is not really that great of a horror movie if you really think about it. But it is a classic. It, it landed in theaters just at the right time. And I think that poster is everything. The title is amazing. It's simple. It's scary. I love it. They were warned. They were doomed. And on Friday the 13th, nothing will save them. Plus, I mean, this story, Friday the 13th, has one of the great twist endings because at the time, if you think of the when Friday the 13th came out, what the landscape was like, especially when you consider that Friday the 13th was an answer to Halloween, mm-hmm. Halloween kind of cementing the final girl kind of way of thinking, Black Christmas being another big one about that. If you look at Friday the 13th and then you think of the ending... There's something going on. There's, there's something special. It's why Friday the 13th became a thing. And it's weird how Jason became the, the, the face of the franchise when you consider what happened. But, I, you know, the original Friday the 13th movie is a pretty damn good movie, actually, now that I think about it. It's very effective with the sound design, with the scares, with the blood, the gore. But this poster is freaking awesome. And the silhouette is transparent, just like... Yeah. yeah. Uh, transparent, like... Like killer. Killer. That's right, man. Yeah, we don't even know who the killer is yet. That poster. Oh, Jesus Christ, that got me. Yes. King Sport Cow, yeah, Friday the 13th poster tells you exactly what's happening. You know what you're getting with this. Yep, the blood, the woods, the counselors, they look scared. There we go. All right, let's go to the next poster. Come on, we had to get a little bit of Evil Dead in there. Uh, I was going to grab the original Evil Dead poster, but then I realized we actually featured it on, on this segment before. A uh, bunch of posters we featured in horror, but I saw I was grabbing something different. But what I love about this is that we're leaning into the camp, the ridiculousness, the third movie in the Evil Dead franchise. And look at Bruce Campbell. I mean, you just, I mean, that is the sign of the times right there. That this movie, that looks more like, I mean, vacation comes to mind. National Lampoon's Vacation. Classic 80s posters of the hero with their buff, the maiden in distress right there, which is going to switch around once you get in the movie. I mean, it's like... It's, 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 it's beautiful. It's like Bruce Campbell drew himself. He or did. Ash, Ash's character drew himself. Like, yep. He would draw himself like that. This is the poster. Chris Doman, I love it when you say that. All right. Army of Darkness, great poster. What do we have next? Come on now. I love this poster because of so many things. Now, Rubik's Cube, cabin in the woods. Cabin in the woods, you could think just put a cabin in the woods, call it a day. Cabin in the Woods is one of my favorite horror movies, and this poster tells you why. What's with the cabin? Why is it doing that? It's upside down over there. It's twisted over there. It's like a Rubik's Cube that hasn't been put back together. Turn, you think you know the story. You don't. Yep. Turns the genre on its head. Turns the genre on its head. Exactly, Akaika. Look at, and that's what this poster is telling us now. Great poster. Uh, yeah, baby. A lot of people loving this movie, loving this poster, loving these posters in general. All right. What do we got next? One more. One more poster. You're next. I love that poster. That poster is awesome. If you're not familiar with Your Next, go familiarize with yourself with it. It is a great movie. Um, home invasion movie. 
kind of a family dinner thing, drama within, and then one by one, these people start getting picked off by strangers in a mask. That is one of the masks they wear, but it's shown to look like the blueprint of the house where they have to go hiding. It's a survival pick. You got a guy with an axe over there. You got somebody in the room over there. You're next. Such a great movie. It looks like like it could be... I mean, if you see it from far away, it looks like it's something that would be at Ikea. Yeah. One of those pre-framed posters. Yeah, you're not wrong. All right, that's all the posters there, and that's all the time we have here on Riley's Canteen. Everybody, thank you for joining here. As always, uh, love the support. Thank you very much for those that donated the Super Chats. Again, go check out the GPA.fund. We have a lot of good membership options there and a great, great new merch store, new shirts and hats and mugs and all the kind of good stuff that you expect go on over there the gpa.fund snoop around check out and see if the membership is right for you and come join us we're going to have another drink up we're going to have more news coming to you with live shows and uh, bucket members and founders if you join up on that yearly membership you do get a glass sent to your home nice and shiny could fill any sort of liquid you want to put in there or maybe even some m&ms you decide but go check it out the gpa.fund Because members, Bucket Club members and founders also, you get first-run access on all the live shows that we will be doing, and we have some big announcements coming your way. More on that later. But thank you again, everybody, for joining us. If you haven't already, hit that like button. Drop in some comments. If you're watching this on the replay, what did you think of the posters? What do you think of the news of Batgirl? Who would be your pick for the caped crusader behind the cowl and who do you and what do you think about the blade director as well some of the conversations we've had here today on riley's cantina ikaika any last words before we call it a day here we didn't talk about it but snoochie boochies snoochie boochies that's right yeah before we leave clerks three is happening very very excited to see that clerks three lionsgate is uh, handling domestic and international rights Kevin Smith is back writing the script, directing, so Clerks 3 is coming at us, so I am excited about that. I'm glad you reminded me. All right, everybody, remember, tomorrow is an all-new Positivity Report, 9 a.m. Pacific. We go live every day at 9 a.m. Josh McCuga hosts with a talented bunch of people coming in as our guests. No live show tomorrow. We're doing something special for you guys. Uh, Stay tuned on that. We're going to be doing a pre-tape segment that we'll drop every other Wednesday, but make sure you're here for Thursday. We're going to have the afternoons with Josh and Ken are returning. And of course, on Friday, we have Josh Brady. Josh McCuga is going to be hosting with Sinead DeFreeze and Ashley Amova together at last in the same room once. I haven't seen those two in a while together in the same room, that is. So Josh Brady goes live 2 p.m. Pacific this Friday with Ashley Moba and Sinead DeFries. All right, everybody, for the rest of you, thank you very much for joining here on Riley's Cantina. Make sure you tune into the Positivity Report tomorrow, 9 a.m. Pacific. And until then, this is Riley, Andy, Kaika, and Leia. Where's Leia? Leia's been asleep on the ground in front of me the whole time. Yeah, she's not here. All right, everybody, thanks for coming here. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye now.